Thanks for listening, Unplugged Army. I'm Louis Unga, General Manager at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. We're proud to present Doug Franz Unplugged. Forming offense. Forming offense. Four minutes. Forming offense. Forming offense. Everything you need to know in sports that affects Maricopa County, the state of Arizona, and the world, you get in four minutes. We start things off in Chavez Ravine, Los Angeles, California. Diamondbacks flew out to L.A. yesterday. NLDS starts tomorrow. 620. Here we go. No official starter listed right now for the Arizona Diamondbacks. However, it's widely known Merrill Kelly will get the pill as he did not pitch in the series against the Brewers. Clayton Kershaw will go for the L.A. Dodgers in game one. And the Diamondbacks are getting support from everybody. An awesome moment. And uh, bring on the Dodgers. Let's go. Go Diamondbacks. That's head coach Frank Vogel of your Phoenix Suns. Again, game one tomorrow, 620. Other MLB games. All four games are coming up tomorrow. Two of the AL in the morning, two in the NL in the afternoon. Texas, Baltimore at 10, Minnesota, Houston, 145, Philly, Atlanta at 3. Then the National League takes the day off Sunday to American League game Sunday. Game two, Diamondbacks Dodgers comes up on Monday night. Joe Burrow told fans that he feels better than he has all season after injuring his calf early in training camp. He's expected to play against the Cardinals. Both teams are 1-3. and three. Kickoff in Glendale, Sunday at 105. Hey, go Devils! Colorado in town. Game time tomorrow. Deion Sanders leads his troops, and they think that they're going to win, and they've all been talking about it's time to get back on the right track. We'll see what ASU can do about it. Kick off at 3.30. U of A's been building something. Now what are you going to do about it? Toughest test of the year. They're on the road. They take on USC. The Trojans are ranked in the top six. Kickoff is at night. Saturday night, you can see it on ESPN at 7.30. Rising dropped in the standings during the week. They've dropped down to fifth place. They're only a game ahead of six, or a point, excuse me, ahead of sixth place. However, they're three points out of third place in the tightly wrapped Western Conference. They take on New Mexico at home Saturday, 7.30. So Suns practice and a lot of Suns news. I mean a lot of Suns news. We'll start things off with Frank Vogel saying that by coaching under Larry Bird with the Indiana Pacers, he learned to run a tough training camp. Devin Booker, would you agree? This is a training camp right here. (laughs) This is definitely a training camp. We feel our legs are heavy, they're tired, they're sore. That's how it's supposed to be at this time of year. Well, that's from him. Now, let's go to Frank Vogel with a little bit of words of what it means now to be a son. Yeah, we've, uh, we haven't really had five set guys out there. We've looked at a lot of different combinations. You know, they, they did Brad and, and Booker all on different teams today. Um, still looking at a lot of combinations. Therefore, he wants a lot of fluidity, a lot of people connected. By the way, I have to admit, I forgot something. I forgot to add the NFL into the four-minute offense. (laughs) 
Washington got destroyed by Chicago 40 to 20 last night. It was kind of embarrassing if you're a Washington fan. And then the Suns' other bit news is a new training facility going in downtown. $100 million all paid for by Matt Ishbia. And finally... Oh, you can't believe this. What did the latest U.S. tourist do while on the road? He decided that a statue of Athena was against his Jewish religion. Yes, Athena. So while in a museum in Israel, he took down Athena and decapitated her. The statue was from two years before the birth of Christ. I mean, dude... Whatever your religion is, can you just look at Athena and leave her be? Jackpot Unplugged Army, I feel like a true commander-in-chief to be able to give you such an unprecedented savings. Go to Unplugged at Whirlwind.com and check out the new membership club from Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Whirlwind Plus. Here's what you get. You sign up for a tee time anytime between now and five days from now, and you can save anywhere from a minimum of 30% up to 60% off, plus 15% off at Civlik, the restaurant, and another 15% off in the pro shop. I'm telling you, you walk into the pro shop, get bowls, a shirt, and a hat, you walk over for happy hour with your wife, you might pay for your monthly membership right then and there. It's $34 a month, cancel anytime. Or if you want to save even more, because that equals out to a little more than $400, you can get it for only $299 a year. Whirlwind Plus at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Go to unpluggedworldwind.com and feel the wind. I'm Janelle, General Manager of Bell's Nashville Kitchen, a.k.a. The Whiskey Wizard. Bell's isn't your typical country bar with mediocre bar food. We are a scratch kitchen with chef-inspired dishes in the only place you can get the best sandwich in all of Arizona, our Nashville hot chicken sandwich. Now, the drinks. I spend days infusing our own whiskey creations. Come in for Whiskey Wednesdays to learn about and drink our famous whiskey selection. We have live music most days and all weekend as part of our honky-tonk brunch. Bell's Nashville Kitchen on Main Street in Old Town Scottsdale. You found home, down home. Ah, did you know? It is a beer Friday. It is a very well-deserved beer Friday. But I have a very creepy question that must be asked. Is it rude to send a video of your wife in her underwear public. Yes, I really did ask that. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever it is that you've decided to make Doug Franz unplugged a part of your day, my family greatly appreciates it. My name is Doug Franz, and you have found the only podcast and TV show in the world totally devoted to the coverage of the four major sports franchises of one great American city that drops on your phone and television every weekday morning. We also cover ASU, U of A, GCU, the Rattlers, the Rising, and the Merch. This is Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass, home of the Whirlwind Plus plan. Say hi to everybody, Jeff Weir Production. Hi. Yeah, there's a, there's, I, we got a thumb. got a thumb? We got a th- Jeff Weir thumb uh, today. Okay. I'm being totally serious when I say this. I, I, I admit, you know, on the surface it doesn't sound too good, but it's not, it's not a crazy deal here. So... I have not told you what's been going on the last couple weeks, and it's been a little bit uh, crazy for me. 
but my sister-in-law is in town and she has come into town to surprise i don't know how to get this to work oh never mind um she is coming to town somebody somebody moved my mic i swear they did <laughs> there we go that's better um she has moved or she's come to town to surprise uh jennifer and the girls were all in it so the girls uh told jennifer that they were going out to dinner together one of them lives uh the oldest lives away from home and the youngest is at asu and so they uh the oldest picks her up they go to the airport they pick up aunt christy and aunt christy drives over here and then our plan was that we had aunt christy sitting on the patio and we were going to all walk outside on the patio, have a drink together and talk and stuff like that. And Jennifer was just being irate. She didn't know that her sister was outside. She was happy that the youngest came home for the weekend and surprised her. But she was working. So my wife, it's like 10 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 9.30. I don't remember what time it was. And my wife refused to stop working. She was like, I work on this email. I got to do this. And we keep saying, well, just come out for a little bit. And then my daughters kept telling her and put some pants on. And my wife is sitting there. She is. She has granny panties on and a T-shirt. Okay. And she's sitting there like that working. And she's like, I'm not going to go get pants just to sit outside for a little bit. And that's the story. Well, we all want to video her because we want to see the shock and all of her sister being there and stuff like that. So at the beginning of the video, I'm walking behind her, and there's a quick shot of nothing more than what would be, you know, you would see with a swimsuit on. Okay, so it's nothing other than a swimsuit. And then she walks outside, and as soon as she gets outside, her sister says hi. And then my wife is just, uh, you just cannot believe that her sister is on the patio. After the fact that my wife refused to go out to the patio for like 20 minutes to work on this email poor aunt christy just sitting out there waiting for 20 minutes before jennifer gets outside and finally she's hugging she's going crazy and then she laughs at the camera is that why everybody told me to put pants on (laughs) you're like yes of course you could listen to us every now and then my wife very very stubborn person when she's focused wasn't going to listen to us so now i have this wonderfully beautiful video of two sisters excited to see each other i know her whole family would like to see it yet there's about a second there's like two seconds of underwear on it but it's you know it's old lady underwear so it's it's not like terribly revealing and it's just like a swimsuit so i say send it out I don't know what's going to happen here. I really don't. Now, when I say send it out, I don't mean tweet it out or anything like that. But to give it to a couple family members, I think it's a good idea. But I don't know how I don't know how this should work. So that's the dilemma of our house. Honestly, have you ever told a story that you thought was good and then you realize it's really not that good? <laughs> I, now that I'm done with it, I'm like, eh. Uh, I, I wasn't entertained either, so you can admit that. So th- that's what happened to me last night, is seeing Aunt Christie. I feel totally unprepared today by pulling that off. And the reason why I say unprepared is I want today to be a huge tailgate show, and I have all of this football sound from the week that I didn't get to because I was so jacked up about the Diamondbacks. Today is the day to get to it, and I'm a little... I'm a little frazzled, so I'll, I'll try to get a handle on what I've got and be able to give you everything here in a second. One thing you've got to listen to on Monday, okay? Make sure you make an appointment listening to listen to Doug Franz Unplugged on Monday. 
I don't want to tell you who's coming on because what if it doesn't happen, all right? But I'm scheduled to record with somebody Sunday night, and I am so jacked up to have him on the program, and it'll be the first time he's ever come on, very good friend, and one of the first people that called me to check on me when I got fired. So the man means a lot to me, and I'm jacked up to have him on. And as soon as you find out who it is on Monday morning, you'll be jacked up to hear from him. You'll say, that's perfect. That's exactly who I want to hear from on Monday morning. So I can't wait. So whatever you're doing, and, uh, and a shout-out to Coach Mike, as Coach Mike balled me out yesterday on a text, upset that I was doing all football today and, and hardly any Diamondbacks. I'm doing a little Diamondbacks today, but not any deep dives. He goes, what? We're the NLDS and you're not doing deep dives? I said, hey, bandwagon fan, where have you been? You haven't told me to talk Diamondbacks all year. Well, that's because you've been talking Diamondbacks. Listen, we talk Diamondbacks all week. It's a football Friday. It's a beer Friday. There you go. Oh, by the way. Thanks for the beer, uh, Jeff Weir Production. Cheers. Any, anytime. Cheers. Cheers. Great beer. You got that right, Ma. Uh, I gotta, I gotta get out there to uh, um, Hundred Mile Brew. I haven't had a chance to get back out there, so we can get some A Mountain Ale in here. I keep trying. I keep threatening Killifter. You're done because you haven't sponsored Doug Franz Unplugged yet, and all of the free plugs you've gotten for a year and a half. But I still, I mean, it still doesn't change the fact it's good beer. Killifter is good beer, but I love a Mountain Ale at Hundred Mile Brew. Might be my favorite beer in town. I think I, now. Now that I think about it, it is. I really, really love, and and that's my beer preference. Is I can't stand yellow beer. And it's really funny, now that we live in this world of, you know, gender identity, I will often go to a bar and I will see that they've got all yellow beer. And I will say, do you have any beer for men? And it's really funny, the, about 80% of the people kind of laugh at that and say, what do you mean? And I say, I don't want yellow beer. And you, they go, they always come back, well, we have an IPA. IPA is not manly beer. Okay, the, the the amount of alcohol in the beer does not determine its manhood. It's the color. It's the malt. It is the darkness. It is the taste. So you can't. IPAs are either fruited, which which is cheese ball, or it's just extra alcohol to try to attract some young guy to drink it for the first time. Okay, all right. Are there some IPAs I like? Yes, there are, but not a ton because most of them are cheese ball. And so I want a beer with actual flavor. If I can't chew my beer, it's not good beer. Okay? That's, that's a way to look at it. So, but that 20% of the people, when I say that, they'll, they, they get so offended. Why, why, is, you, why, why, did, why is Jennifer why, – why is not Jennifer, that's my wife. Why is gender identified with your beer? I'm, I'm a woman and I drink dark beer. Is that all right with you? And they get so bad out of It's like, hey, what war are you fighting with me? All right, relax. It's okay. It's okay. Society's gone off the deep end with everybody angry about something. It's beer. How can we get angry about beer? Unless it's yellow, of course. Then there's a reason to get angry about it. All right. Sound credits today. We have, um, gosh, we got a lot of stuff. Uh, azcardinals.com provided a lot of the football stuff. We have... I think we've played all of the Kennys, so we don't have any Kenny Dillingham today. But a free shout-out to Sun Devil Source anyway for all the times that I might have forgotten. Uh, we have nothing Diamondback sound-wise today. 
We have, oh, we have a lot of Suns PR department stuff. A lot of Frank Vogel. He said some things that really grabbed me. And Jeff Weir Production, I think that's it, isn't it? ESPN, Monday Night Football, if you get to it. Oh, 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 oh. Um, oh, the Geno Smith from, from Monday? Yes. Yes. Uh, he's, he, and, and then some, some random tweet from a guy that had – will you just show me that one now? The Anaheim Ducks one. Let's just do that now because that's – got to see stuff like this. This, was, this happened over the weekend, but you know me. And all it is is some, some guy with a camera, with a phone, filming his own television. It's really funny. Though. So the quality is terrible, but I don't care because it is so funny. And I think all of you know me. And I forget who it was. The, whoever it was. The member of the Unplugged Army that sent me this, I am so sorry that I forgot you and you're not getting a free shout-out. But it was tweeted to me with the phrase, oh, it's got everything Doug wants. Now, if, if that's not a perfect tease, I don't know what is. If you want to know what is everything Doug wants, number one would be beer. Number two would be this. Look at the left. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Oh, people falling down. Mascot injury. Mascot injuries. Now, he didn't get hurt, but mascot injuries are the greatest thing in the world because they're head and they're still happy. The head is smiling and the guy inside is just writhing in pain. It's so funny. And I realize if that's your kid, man, you you hate me for life. My son broke his ankle and this guy's laughing at him. Okay, no, I'm laughing at the mascot, not laughing at your kid. But oh my gosh, it's so funny. If you could play that again, this time when you play it again, now that you know the guy on the left wipes out, keep your eye on the goalie. (laughs) The goalie just, I mean, the goalie's head barely moves. So you know the goalie saw it. And he doesn't even flinch, and no other hockey player looks at the guy trying to get up. Watch this. Okay. And then here we go. Hey, I don't care about you, dude. <laughs> they just skate to the side, get around him, and we're done. <laughs> oh my gosh. They, it, this happens sometimes in high school football games where one person at the beginning I've never seen it happen at college but in high school you'll have one guy trip when they come running and they break the cheerleader sign and then it becomes a top those are hilarious too oh goodness and there's one more that's funny I'm sorry I'm on a roll now the other one that makes me laugh as if have you ever googled like model runway falls Oh, my goodness. Some of the women that try to fight it on those big heels, and they just look drunk. Oh, then they go, oh, my gosh. Especially, especially when they fall off the stage. What is, seriously, what is funnier than somebody falling down? I don't want them to fall down, crack their head, and all of a sudden there's blood everywhere. But, I mean, would you? It's just awesome. Okay. Sorry I'm like that. I I have some quirks. Let's roll. Doug's Big One. Doug's Big One today. My number one opinion, and I can't believe I'm going to say this because I know how good they are. But I'm going to say it because this is actually what I think. I think the Arizona Diamondbacks are going to advance to the NLCS. I think they're going to beat the Dodgers in four games. And yes, I believe the Dodgers are a better team. I think the winner of game one wins the series. 
and I think the Diamondbacks are going to win game one. Clayton Kershaw is a Hall of Famer. And this game coming up tomorrow will not determine whether he goes into the Hall of Fame or not. He's already a Hall of Famer. But Merrill Kelly is going to be able, in my opinion, to stay right with him in a close game. It's all about Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. Yes, the Dodgers are good up and down the lineup, but they are not the behemoths they used to be. And every year, other than COVID, 2020, somebody knocks off the Dodgers that you don't expect. I really am in the category of why not us this time. I realize some of you think I'm being a homer. The reason why I'm not is look at your recent history under Dave Roberts. Other than 2020, the Dodgers choke all the time. And it's hard for us as Diamondback fans to get over the fact that it could be to us this year. They could choke to us. I get it. I understand why you feel that way. The Diamondbacks, we have a history of choking when it's not 2001. And that's a real history. But it's not a history for these kids. This team hasn't been to the playoffs since 2017, I think. And uh, Cattell Marte is the only player on the entire Diamondbacks roster that lost to the Dodgers in three games six years ago. The only one. So they don't know about the history of us getting to the playoffs and being happy to be there and falling on our face. This Dodgers team has a fantastic bullpen. You know the only team, in my opinion, this is an opinionated statement, the only team with a better bullpen than the Los Angeles Dodgers, the Milwaukee Brewers. How's that taste? And if I'm wrong, Dodgers would be ahead of the Brewers, but it's neck and neck. And what do we just do to the Brewers? And Clayton Kershaw, again, Hall of Famer, and a really good first three, first four inning pitcher. But I think you can get to Clayton Kershaw before the train of the bullpen really gets rolling. And I think the Diamondbacks can escape game one with a win and have a lot of guys in the bullpen pitch, and now you've seen them. The disadvantage of this series is you play on Saturday, you don't play on Sunday, you play on Monday, you, uh, you, you don't play on Monday, you play Tuesday, Wednesday, you don't play Thursday. There's so many off days in this that you're really not going to tire out the Dodgers bullpen. They got 13 arms, okay? You're not going to tire out the Dodgers bullpen because they've almost always got a day of rest. Next Thursday is the only day in this series where you have a game the day after you had a game. Yeah, think about that in the regular season. Rarely do you get an off day. You're always playing the day after you played a game. And now we get to the playoffs, and because of television and the fear of play- competing against the NFL, baseball has it set up that you have an off day almost after every game. Only Thursday do you play the day after you play. So that part of it isn't going to be great. But I think they're going to win game one. I don't think the Diamondbacks can beat the Dodgers in three out of four. And if they lose game one, what do they have to do? They would have to win three out of four. But if they can win game one, change your mindset. Now it's the Dodgers who have to win three out of four. And all the Diamondbacks have to do is get a split. Win two of the next four games and they advanced. Don't ask me what I think is going to happen against the Braves or the Phillies. I don't want to go there. I don't, I, no, I don't want to talk about it. It'll be the Braves. We didn't need that. But 
I honestly think the Arizona Diamondbacks are going to beat the Dodgers. I admit to you come Monday morning, if the Diamondbacks lose game one, I'm already recanting on my prediction. I think it's all about game one. Yes, the Dodgers can, can overcome a loss on game one. I don't think the Diamondbacks can. But Doug's big one today is the Arizona Diamondbacks are going to beat the L.A. Dodgers. They're going to do it in four games. And I'm saying that because Gabby Moreno is healthy. I'm saying that because of the ridiculous scheduling format that I really believe Merrill Kelly and Zach Allen are each going to pitch twice in only a best of five series. And they're going to be able to do well enough to get this done. And if Merrill Kelly gets blown up tomorrow, I am dead wrong. I mean, I don't have any clue what I'm talking about. If, if that happens. So that's, a, that's Doug's big one today. Keep an eye on in this series, uh, keep an eye on a couple things, especially the fact that um, with Merrill Kelly, his, his MO is to really be able to change speeds, work the plate, and get borderline strike calls. So that's watch the strike zone. I don't know who the home plate umpire is going to be, but the strike zone is going to be really important to Merrill Kelly. Uh, Clayton Kershaw is more about getting the borderline up-down strike zone because he's going to want the high strike when he throws his curveball on the upper side, uh, uh, upper half of the zone. Um, you know what it will do? Do you remember the old Diamondbacks pitching coach, Mike Butcher? Um, Butch called me yesterday, and we talked Diamondbacks-Dodgers for quite a bit. Uh, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll, I'll call my shot. I'll get Butch on next week. So we've got a special guest coming up on Monday. And then after that, during the week, we'll have Butch on to talk about what he sees in, uh, in Diamondbacks Dodgers and, and get really heavy into that series. Texas Baltimore tomorrow at 10, uh, Minnesota Houston at 145, Philly Atlanta at 3 o'clock, and then the Diamondbacks and Dodgers are the late game at 620. And, uh, and then they don't play again until uh, Tuesday. So, or don't, it's, I, I keep butchering that, I'm sorry. They don't play again until Monday. Did you see, this is like an off, this is baseball, but it's just out of nowhere. Have you followed the Mets beat the Mets? So here's the last general managers for the Mets. Jared Porter, who actually left the Diamondbacks, of all things. He became the general manager, and then ESPN did a deep dive and found a woman who had been extremely harassed by Jared Porter, and he even uh, sent her, uh, texted her pictures of his genitals and thought that was a good idea. And after that report came out, then he resigned, or the Mets fired him. I can't remember which one. So he lasted like a month as the general manager of the Mets and was gone. He gets replaced by an interim general manager, Zach Scott. Zach Scott, at one point as the interim, got charged with a DWI. So that's not good. Then they went to a guy named Billy Epler. Billy Epler was the general manager until yesterday. He's, he resigned because he's amid an MLB investigation into improper use of the injured list. So, I mean, how about a couple background checks, Mets? I mean, I don't know if you've ever thought of that, but could you, could you do your homework a little bit? I mean, how do you go 0 for 3? I mean, it's one thing, you know, you can't say, oh, you know, we've got a good process and this one slipped through the cracks. You're 0 for 3. That's, that's hard to do. I mean, it's hard to be that bad of an organization. You have to try to be that ignorant. So good luck on trying to get something uh, a little better uh, on that. Okay, since we got Brad, let's go ahead and hit a quick timeout. And then coming up next, I'm jacked up. 
to be able to give you five to ten minutes with a friend. If you haven't seen it yet, you should. The Organic Football Show is every Tuesday afternoon and Sunday morning. And if you want help with your lineup or my big question, Tua Tungabailoa or a former MVP who should be my quarterback. That's coming up next. This is Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. chance to do it please go to wtsmtv.com and check out our newest show the organic football podcast tv form and what you're going to love about it is they're on every sunday morning to help you with those final adjustments the inactive list to help set your lineup and be able to lead you to the promised land and they've already helped me and one of the members of that group is brad smith and he joins us right now here on doug franz unplugged live from his car because he's a hard-working man it looks beautiful outside right now where are you oh we're in south scottsdale right now doing a new build it's like a seven thousand square foot new home so it's beautiful yeah mine mine, and the weather is just getting so nice my home is not seven thousand square feet if you're wondering and my home is not in scottsdale okay yeah i uh i I, said well then you got to do better in fantasy so you can make so much money that then you are the man is is the highly empowered organic football league is that is that a highly financial investment league uh, yeah, we do a $200 buy-in. Okay. So it's a $2,400 pot price pool that we play wow. with. So, uh, but we have lots of payouts. Every week we do a $30 uh, most points winner. Okay. Uh, right now, DJ Moore, with his high performance last night, gets you $100 for most, we call it the epic performance. Okay. So it's just a way to keep everyone involved. Even if you're not going to be the number one guy, at least there's a way for you to still get some of that money back. Um, then feel free to attack me personally, my abilities as a father and a husband. Uh, last week, I might have gotten the epic performance. I had the number one pick in my draft, and I chose Christian McCaffrey number one overall. And I, I lost like Christian McCaffrey too. I lost last week. I had Christian McCaffrey, Ooh. Brad, and I lost last week. Can you explain what happened to me? That I cannot explain. <laughs> you must have gone against a lot of people because he had a game himself. So. Yeah, I, I think I got I mean, 45 points and lost. Wow. He almost had another touchdown, too, on the one-yard line. Oh, I know. I know. And uh, and then you mentioned uh, DJ yesterday. He had a ball on the sideline where he only had one man to beat down the sideline and stepped out of bounds. He probably lost another 40 yards and possible touchdown last night by stepping yeah. out of bounds. It was, it was, I mean, hey, by the way, I'm a Washington fan, so let's not talk about that anymore. Uh, even though I can't get over the phrase commanders, it's still too cheesy for me. All right, the big question for me every week, and I'll tell you, Miami is going up against the awful New York Giants, and the Ravens are up against Pittsburgh. I I have Tua Tungavailoa, and I have Lamar Jackson. So it's a good problem to have that those are my two quarterbacks. But when you hear home again, the Miami home against the Giants and the Ravens on the road at Pittsburgh, who would you be starting? Well, like you said, I don't think you. it's a bad decision either way. Those are two great quarterbacks. But if I had to go with my gut, I would go with Tua just because Giants are horrendous right now. I think they might be the worst team in the NFL. Wow, and that's Pittsburgh true. Just, and Pittsburgh just came off a 
really, really bad game. So I think that defense is going to want to get things right. It's a divisional game. They don't like each other, So and it's at home in Pittsburgh. So I do think they're going to contain Lamar to some extent. Lamar's still going to get points. Mm-hmm. But Miami is just such a threat and such an offense, and the Jets can't – I mean, the Giants can't stop anyone. My tight ends are Evan Ingram and George Kittle. And I don't know if Kittle is hurt. I I started Kittle week one, and I haven't started him since because he's been getting me two or three points a game, and and that's about it. And it's almost like, did his skills erode? Is he just a blocking tight end? I mean, it's 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 kind of awful. Would you be selling on George Kittle, or do you think there's going to be at some point in the year he's going to ramp it back up? Well, he will ramp it up at some games, but the game script I don't think is going to call for it just because, like you said, you have Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. You have so many options there, and Brock Purdy's throwing at like an 85% completion rate. So Kittle doesn't need to go out and run routes. He just need, And the way he blocks is so fierce. They want him to stay in and block. There will be games that he gets 20 points and he just has a, a, you know, a boom game. But I do think those are – it's kind of like a hit or miss type thing. Mm. So, if you can get value for him, Evan Ingram is on my team too. I like your guys. <laughs> uh, I think he's solid. He's getting about eight receptions a game. So, that is what you want in the tight end. The, t- the touchdowns will come. So, I think you ride with him and try and get a little value for Kittle and possibly one of your quarterbacks. Wow, I didn't think of that. Yeah, because I – here's yeah, my like – Lamar and Kittle package or something. I'm glad that you said that because here I do have an issue, and that is I drafted Garrett Wilson early because I thought he was going to explode with Aaron Rodgers, and you can guess where that went. And then I, I really don't want to bail on T. Higgins, but I almost feel like when is Joe Burrow going to be healthy? Because a T. Higgins with a totally immobile Joe Burrow is not helping me very much. No, T. Higgins has got to go to the bench for – for this, for the time being, because Burrow is just so bad. I heard right. a stat that they only have three offensive touchdowns for the whole year. Yeah. And T. Higgins had two in one game. So they yeah. had one touchdown in four games by everyone else. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty atrocious right now. So I would definitely want to stash him on the bench. I don't think you'll get much value for him, and he's not worth dropping. So I think you definitely just want to stash him on the bench till. I mean, you would think they went to the Super Bowl not that long ago. They'd turn it around. But right. You never know. What's uh, what's your fantasy advice for the week, whether it's one specific opponent that you think, hey, you've got something locked up here. Is there a player on the waiver wire that you think might be available in people's leagues they should jump on? What would be your week five advice? Uh, Jamison Williams is still out there. He's a wide receiver from Detroit. He's kind of under the radar because he had a six-game suspension, but it got revoked to a four-game suspension. So he's cleared to play this week. I don't know if he'll definitely have an impact this week, but I do think he's a raw talent. And if you can get that, you're possibly looking at a, you know, a fringe number one wide receiver. Wow. And of course, with the way Detroit is playing, that, that should be, uh, that should be helpful. That is, that is fantastic. Give us a, uh, give us a, a fantasy tip that you see people run into a lot that, you know, you could help them if they did blank. Uh, one thing I do see a lot of people do is they like to step they, Miami. You don't want to have Tua, Mostert, and Tyree Kill all going at one time because if for some reason they have a bad game, you have three guys that don't do well. So you want to – I do like stacks, like a wide receiver, 
quarterback stack, but not necessarily with the running back or tight end or kicker and all that other stuff. Oh, wow. That's pretty good because it's, it's kind of like the, uh, the way a financial advisor explains that you want to spread out your portfolio and you don't want to just be doubling down on the same thing. You got to diversify. Yeah, that, look at that. I, uh, I, I didn't realize how much uh, financial advice we could get by going forward with, uh, with fantasy football. So now tell me about the show. What do you guys do Sunday morning that makes it vital? Because it's really nice. You can watch your Tuesday show live or you can watch it on demand at any point, but you probably don't want to miss the Sunday live show. So what do you guys have coming up on Sunday? Correct. Sunday is going to be a great show. We, we let you know all the people that are going to be out, the people that are the inactives, the questionables. You know, a lot of things are going to happen, weather changes, you know, so there's going to be a lot of sits or starts that you want to pay attention to. So join us at 9 o'clock, and we'll definitely give you all that information. And any other questions you have, definitely write in, and we'll answer them too. So remember that. If you're a member of the Unplugged Army and you haven't watched it yet, the Organic Football Podcast is now a TV show. So the Organic Football Show is every Sunday morning. And this isn't that hard to remember, but just to know, it's 60 minutes before the early kickoff. So because we're the only state in America that – I know actually, I think Hawaii is not on Daylight Savings Time. But because we're not on daylight savings time, kickoffs are at 10 in the morning now. And after November 1st, they'll end up being at 11 o'clock in the morning. But remember, 60 minutes before that kickoff, but more importantly, inside the window of when inactives are listed, flip it over to WTSMTV.com and get your most up-to-date information across the league on who to look out for, who's been inactive, and who is uh, set up. And then Tuesday, a great wrap-up day, and a look at all the waiver wire, because that's the day when everybody can start making some claims and try to make some adjustments. And now you can be st- trying to steal some Detroit people for, uh, for the, uh, that opportunity. Brad, you were, uh, you were fantastic. Thanks for your time, and uh, good luck at Scottsdale hey, today. Did. Absolutely. Hey, thanks, bud. Enjoy the weather, and hope you don't work too long. Yeah, no, well, that's, but it's with beer, so I do work a lot, but it's with beer, so who cares? There you go. <laughs> Thank you. See you, Brad. Hopefully, Brad does right, not. Care, he, he, I can promise you, he is so professional, he will wait till he has his kilt lifter until afterwards. I, I am, I, listen, I, I probably shouldn't say this, but, you know, it's me. I just say whatever's on my mind. I'm really proud of that show, if you haven't seen it. Just guys that started their own podcast because they love fantasy, realized after a while they were good at doing fantasy and good at doing their podcast, and then became, you know what, this is interesting. I, I like what Doug's building here. They're members of the Unplugged Army. Let's, let's come on and do a show. And now they've started uh, their own show. And listen, I, I got a daughter in college, so I would really like you to sponsor Doug Franz Unplugged, please. Okay. However, if you're looking for something totally new and different and hitting a little bit of a niche audience, send me an email, Doug at DougFranzUnplugged.com. I'll connect you to Rich, who's also on that show. And then think about sponsoring the Organic Football Show, which is every Tuesday afternoon and every Sunday morning here on WTSMTV.com. All right, coming up next, let's dive deep into uh, the Suns and then all football the rest of the way. Frank Vogel kind of stepping up and stepping out about this narrative that's still out there nationally about Devin Booker, and hopefully it'll get squashed soon. Well, actually, hopefully it never gets squashed. I'd rather sneak up on people. That's next on Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass.
It's hot. We've had a pretty hot summer here in Arizona. Who can you trust with your air conditioning? There's only one place my family has ever trusted in Arizona, and that's Parker and Sons Heating, Cooling, Plumbing, and Electrical. Call 602 to repair. That's 602, the number two, then R-E-P-A-I-R for Parker and Sons. And the reason why I suggest them to you as passionately as I possibly can is I know they've showed up on time to my home every time and they've gotten it right the first time every time and they've treated me fairly every time. What else can you say? Plus, they don't charge anything for nights, weekends, emergencies. That means something because when your air conditioner goes out in the summer in Arizona, that's an emergency. You need repairs fast and you can trust Parker and Sons. How do I know? Because my family does. 6022 repair. That's 602, the number two, then R E P A I R for Parker and Sons. Rosati Sports Pub in Chandler. It's on Ray and McQueen. Sounds like a sports bar. What's the difference? You walk in and they actually have games on TV with the sound on. How many times do you walk into a supposed sports bar and they've got loud music on or somebody playing live or some kind of trivia game going on and you're there to watch the game? If you're like me, a simple guy, give me my pizza, give me my wings, give me my cold beer and make sure I can hear the Suns and D-backs, then you want Rosati Sports Pub and Chandler. All members of the Unplugged Army, welcome. Rosati Sports Pub, give me the game. Sorry, I've been moving today, Jeff. I'm kind of going. Listen, I'm sorry. My, I really am a Washington fan, and to be totally embarrassed yesterday makes you. So you, I was working grumpy, and then I took an hour off last night. An hour, which it, you just, I just don't have time to do. But I, I took an hour off last night and uh, and sat on the back porch to visit with Aunt Christy. You know. Granted, I'm older than Aunt Christie. It's not my aunt. It's the girls' aunt, Jennifer's sister. As she came home to surprise, came here to surprise Jennifer. So that was wonderful. But I normally work in the afternoon. I work from about six o'clock until midnight. So my hours are a little screwy. I work from about five in the morning until about noon. And then if I have an appointment, I work afternoon, but usually I go home and I kind of work and I kind of sleep and I kind of work on proposals. It's kind of weird. Like if I fall asleep in the chair, I just let it go because I know I need a little bit of rest. But then I get up at around three o'clock, four o'clock and kind of do what I was hoping to do before I fell asleep. And then six o'clock to midnight, it's okay. It's now time to get to work. It's hardcore. And it takes about six hours to put the show together. And wouldn't you know it, I, now I take an hour off. So I'm a little behind and scrambling. So thanks, Unplugged Army, for picking me up on a beer Friday and, uh, and staying with me when this probably feels a little disjointed to you. But I was jacked up when I l- listened to a lot of the Sun stuff. So I want to get to that. And then we're going to rifle through football later on to give you the tailgate show that you deserve on a football and a, and a beer Friday. First off, if you could... Give me a Vogel one and Booker one, Jeff Weir production. We'll start with Frank Vogel. And I I don't know why Dwayne Rankin was going here because he knows the answer. And by the way, I think Dwayne Rankin is the number one beat reporter in America when it comes to the NBA. And free plug for the Republic. When you've got Dwayne Rankin and Dana Scott together covering the Suns beat, highly intelligent, high like normal and like 
good human being intelligence, but incredibly high basketball IQ from these two, plus total passion and devotion to the job. You're set there. And then I really like Bobby Mack covering um, the Cardinals, and I really like Theo Mackey. is a new guy. I've never had a beer with him covering the Diamondbacks, and Nick Pecoro has been really good for a long time. I, I think the paper's got a bang-up lineup. There's a... There's a couple holes in the lineup. It would be too personal if I told you what I thought those holes were. All right, it's unplugged. You know, I, I should say what I have. They don't have a they don't have a, a, a top notch columnist, so I, I wish they did. And I don't think their ASU coverage is very good. I think they've really struggled since Doug Holler left. There, man, I sound like a jerk saying that, but I'm sure they have opinions of Doug Franz unplugged. You know, you just got to deal with it. Uh, Frank one is the topic. And this is why it was weird that Dwayne Rankin brought it up. I thought the national topic of Devin Booker doesn't play defense is over. I thought it was. Now, a couple years ago, here on Unplugged, we had Ann Myers-Drysdale on, and she ripped me. And she's a friend. When I started mocking Booker's defense from when he was a rookie and when he was younger. And she goes, Doug, defense is hard. And guys don't understand rotations as rookies. They've never had that many coverages. They've never had that many defensive plays. They've never had that many angles to deal with. The guys are so good. Six-year, seven-year, eight-year veteran in the NBA. They're so good offensively that you just don't know what you're doing, and it's easy to get confused. And then when you're confused, somebody thinks you're not hustling. She was passionate about that. I still disagree, even though, let's face it, she's in the Hall of Fame, she's smarter than me, and I'm disagreeing with somebody that knows more about basketball than I do. (laughs) What do you think I do as a talk show host? But she was trying to explain how it takes years to figure it out. I still looked at it and thought Booker was worried about his offense and didn't think defense was important yet. I totally accept that that mantra is not only gone, it's been dead for three years or so. Like, it's a dumb opinion to say Devin Booker is not a good defender, okay? I'm not saying he's great, locked down. I'm not nicknaming him the glove. But to, to, to go below good defender is, I think, insulting. And the effort is there, and he's, he wants to win a championship, and he's willing to do whatever it takes. But if the mantra is still out there nationally, that's from Dwayne Rankin. He asks the head coach, Frank Vocal, uh, what, are you, what are you seeing with Book defensively and, and the people that think that uh, he's just an offensive-minded player? If I would say that, I didn't see practice today. Me and KD were our best defenders today. You know, those guys really got after it. Brad did too. Um, but those guys are, are really, really defending with passion right now. They're buying into the, the system and the scheme that we're putting in. And, um, you know, really putting a lot of effort and focus onto executing the coverages, but, you know, just having a, a mentality, a mentality ball, that they are competing to get stopped. Uh, first of all, Unplugged Army, I've never told you this about what I used to do overnight. When, when the podcast, before the podcast was on television, it was on overnight. I would go through every individual piece of sun sound because I, I am not complaining at all. The Suns are so good to me to send out 
and continue to Zoom their press conferences because their press conferences are at a time frame where I'm still at work. Izzy, our son's reporter, is still on air. We just can't get there right now. Hopefully we keep growing and and we can uh, be able to get maybe Izzy to be able to do his show live from Suns practice and then uh, or or get him out there or hire a, a second Suns reporter. We want to keep getting bigger. But the sound that we get, since it's kind of streamed, there's always the sound effects of, of an internet microphone that's not very good or people squeaking their shoes because they're still running around the gym floor, stuff like that. So it, I admit to you the quality isn't there, and I can't go through a video and, and, and take out all of the, the bad parts of that sound. But the gist of it, which I love there, is him challenging, hey, if you don't think Booker's good on defense, you weren't at practice, you aren't seeing what we're seeing. He was one of the best defenders on the floor along with Kevin Durant. But the reason why this topic is coming back up is everybody knows Frank Vogel is a defensive head coach. So this is far and away, even including LeBron, in my opinion, his most talented offensive team he's ever coached. Yet he's a defensive-minded guy. And that shows you the power that the guys are so far buying in defensively. So here's Devin Booker when asked about that same theme of whether or not he's selling out defensively right now or whether or not people are, are shocked that he's getting compliments for his defense. You know that by now, man. You just be late. You know what I'm saying? I think we're over that um, perception where you know, I don't get after it on that end. Because, you know, it's important to play off basketball. If you can't do it, you have to be off the court. And we've stressed that and we've done it at a high level. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it, you're late. You're, you're, you haven't been paying attention. Now, give me Beal 7, if you could, Jeff Weir Production. This one is a little different. The subject matter for Bradley Beal I think when he has really tried to put the clamps down, he's pretty good defensively. But my opinion is he slacked off a lot defensively in his latter years in Washington. I, th- I think he did. And I think when you see the defensive effort that Booker and KD are putting forth, Bradley Beal is going to revert back to his old defensive skill level. And that's a benefit for the Suns. But I like what he said when he was asked about the defensive focus of Frank Vogel, because no one's ever put it this way. The rest of the West is so good, you don't have a choice. A lot, you know, because uh, I think that's one thing that we hold to ourselves as well. You know, it's a big expectation we have on ourselves is to defend. You know, we know that we can score, but we want to be an elite defensive team um, and showcase that we can do that. And, you know, as, as crazy as it may sound, we won't have a choice. You know, the other team is going to have guys out there that can put the ball in the hole. Uh, so we got to make sure that we're ready to go and strap our, strap our shoes on too. All right, uh, Jeff here, production. Let's go Vogel three and Booker two. So we'll go Frank first. Let's move on to something that this is amazing to me. When I saw this story, I got a lot of love on Twitter. I got to tell you, it was nice after getting a lot of hate a couple weeks ago. It was deserved. I'm not defending myself. It was deserved. But I know a lot of the pain that Suns uh, employees went through under Robert Sarver. I didn't say I understood it. Well, how do you put it? I sympathize with it. I didn't go through that pain, but I know a lot of people that did. And when I saw the report coming out of the Suns of what Matt Ishbia is doing, I was just so happy for those people that have lived through the Sarver era. 
But think about, without trying to, Matt Ishbia just dunked on Robert Sarver yesterday. Just absolutely dunked on Sarver. Sarver was so proud of himself for using his own money to build a son's training facility. But there were a lot of things that he went cheap on. So it was much better than what they had, but it wasn't to the elite level of a lot of other teams. And Matt Ishbia and the Suns announced yesterday that they are building a $100 million, three, what is it, uh, 123,000 square foot facility. It'll be on Lincoln in the warehouse district south of the arena. $100 million. One of the main reasons why he's doing it is he didn't say this, but that the Mercury side of the new facility is just inat- excuse me, is inadequate for them. How did I get the hiccups? It's inadequate for them, and they don't want to do that. So they want to expand greatly for the Mercury and enhance the sunside, and the only way to do it is just to leave. That practice facility is only a couple years old, so they've been waiting for years to try to upgrade to be even remotely like real championship contenders. And then, and Matt Ishbia has yet to have a year on the job. He's yet to have a full year as owner. Yet we've already made the move for Kevin Durant. We've signed Bradley Beal. We've picked up Nurkic and been involved in the Dame Time trade. And now we're getting a $100 million practice facility. I have to stare down the Cardinals for a second and say, okay, Soul River Fields, the number one spring training complex in the country, the best facility for any team. A new $100 million practice facility for the Suns. Michael Bidwell, what are you doing? What are you doing? I, I just, I don't think it's an unfair question. Why do the other owners want to win so much, with so much more passion than you do? Now, you notice I, I left out the Coyotes. Can we, can we have – we we'll worry about the practice facility after we get a pro arena. Can we get a pro arena first? Okay, we'll focus on that later. I just – I look at what Matt Ishby is doing, and how do you not look across the block wall and say to yourself, I'm not as good as him. I need to be. It's, really, do we deserve less? You tell us, if you think we're a terrible fan base and we don't deserve passion for our football team, fine. And then and then we'll calm down on our passion for the Cardinals. Just let us know. But Michael, be like Matt. Please. Bring a winner. Bring a winner. Spend for a winner. Do what it takes to bring in a winner. If you need to start partnering with other people, do it. I don't, and one thing I'm tired of, I'm tired of the excuse, well, Michael's not the billionaire like everybody else is. Then sell some of the team. I understand you don't want to sell the whole thing. You would want to keep 51%. I get it. But sell 10%. Sell 10% to four different people. And start rationing out stuff so you can pay for this stuff. 
That's what a championship owner does. $100 million practice facility, not charging taxpayers a dime. He never even came to us as taxpayers and said, hey, I need you guys to chip in. He didn't try to tell us, listen, if you chip in for this, it's going to add construction jobs. It's going to do this. We might have nicer restaurants in the warehouse district. We might have this. Yeah, there's so many reasons that Matt Ishbia could have given to try to talk us into paying for it. That's not what happened. We just find out it's happening because he's already spending the money. That's what a championship owner does. Matt Ishbia, I'm glad you're here. Frank Vogel, what do you think about the announcement that Matt Ishbia is growing, is building a $100 million practice complex? Yeah, I mean, everything he's doing is just, um, it's, it's making the Phoenix Suns the gold standard of the NBA. You know, it, it really is. And I believe over the next 20, 20 years, you know, this is going to be the, the destination, the destination uh, in the NBA where players are going to want to uh, play, coaches are going to want to coach. Um, you know, we're doing things uh, in, a, in a first-class way here. You know, and everything he said it this summer in Vegas, we're going to win at everything we do. And uh, he continues to, you know, um, back up his words with action. Wow. Now, my little impassioned speech there, I didn't go that far. He believes this is going to be the premier destination for the next 20 years. No state income tax and the beaches of Miami. The power, even though they never win, the power of New York City and and being in that market, the New York Knicks. The legendary franchise of the Lakers and Celtics and how both of those organizations are totally devoted to winning. Texas has no state income tax, and you obviously have the championship pedigree of San Antonio, and maybe if Webinyama develops the way everyone says he will, San Antonio isn't really a destination city, but it's certainly a destination organization. And then even though Dallas has only won one championship, and they've been really strangely up and down, ever since they drafted Luka. Mark Cuban goes out of his way to make the players feel more comfortable than just about any franchise because he prides himself on being able to do that. And then to hear Frank Vogel say, this is going to be the destination. Clearly, he could be wrong. But do you think so? I mean, we all know we live in an unbelievable city. We all know how great the market is. Um, I, I, have to, I have to think that this is a, a great thing. That this is, I think he's right. Um, Devin Booker, what do you think about this new practice facility? I mean, he wants to win um, and do whatever it takes. And he understands culture and environment is important in that. And, you know, he's stressing that. And, you know, his actions are backing up his words. Wife stuff. Is it good wife stuff? No. (laughs) I was supposed to bring something into work. I get a text while I'm on air that says, you forgot this. Now, I mean, how does it not look? Why don't you walk out? I'm going to say it. Watch out now. I know. I know. (laughs) But... You know I'm on air, and now I look at that and I go, oh, shoot. And, and then I'm thinking about it. I'm kind of like, 
This, I mean, listen, I try to make it seem easy and drink beer. That does take a little focus. And then all of a sudden when your wife tells you, oh, I forgot again. Ah! You, you, I would still have for it still be on the counter at eight this morning. You could have texted it today. Hey, did you know you forgot this? Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Thanks for letting me know. Love you. Marriage is great. Everybody get married. Just know what you're in for. Um, okay, this one. This is kind of boring. I admit, but I. I oh wait, did I do the? I don't even know where I'm at. Did I do the Booker Ishbia facility? You did Booker too. Okay, that good. That, that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted. And I like that. Uh, what Booker said of just putting your money where your mouth is, because what that does then that adds so much credibility that if the owner is talking about something else. You as a player know he's not just a jock sniffer, okay? The previous owner of the Suns, total jock sniffer, okay? He just wanted the players to think he was fun and cool. This guy says, listen, I'm not as good as you, but I scored a lot of points in high school. I was a scholarship D1 player. I know the game. And now I'm spending like a good owner should that wants to win. So we're together on this. So if that owner has a conversation with a player that's maybe not as pleasant, or a little bit of a directive, you're going to go, you know what? I've already seen his desire to win, so I'm going to follow through with that and believe in it. Uh, even though this one's boring, I think it's important. If you could give me uh, Vogel, too, and he was asked about how he's going to handle the players in today's day and age of load management and resting players because he's got a veteran team. And a lot of the players on this team have a recent track history of not playing 75 games. With the, hey, these guys need to play and you need to push them. How are you going to balance those two things? Yeah, constant conversations. You know, I, mean, I know the idea of, uh, of what I would like to do with, the, with these guys in their minutes. Um, you know, but you just have to have a common sense approach to it. You don't want to overdo it over an 82-game marathon. Um, you know, but those guys are horses, man. They want to be in there and you know, we want them out there. You know, so um, you know, we'll, we'll be smart with it, though. Okay, I got two more for you. I just thought that was important to let you know that that's his theory. That I'm just going to talk to people, but basically you're playing if I unless there's something really going wrong. This one's kind of cool. You can really see the emotion in Devin Booker and what gave him pause. The team is leaving soon to go to Michigan. They're going to actually talk to the employees of Matt Ishbia's mortgage company to kind of keep them riled up, but they also want to learn why all of those people are positively working for Matt Ishbia and what they like about the company. So kind of converge those two worlds of two of Matt Ishbia's portions of his life, then have practices up there against Detroit and then have a game on on Sunday. Yeah, the Suns have a game, preseason game, Sunday at noon against Detroit. Who's the head coach of the Detroit Pistons? Monty Williams. I could be here all day you know, talking about Coach Mott and what he's done for me as a person and what he's done for my career. In a search of stability, you know, through my career, I, I finally found it. And, you know, Coach Mott did things and, and changed the culture around here like – like no one ever has, you know, so big respect to Mont. And I can't wait to see the guys, Jay Jack, everybody up in there. So, yeah, it's going to MB. So all them guys, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. I like that. Um, I'm glad. I, I want to say this with all sympathy. I'm glad they fired Monty Williams. I am. Uh, it was time. It was time. 
I mean, you didn't do a good enough job fixing the past. Mistakes happen, but what did you do to correct it? When you lose like you did against Dallas in the second round and turn around and do the exact same thing, it shows you just couldn't get a handle on on the situation. And it was time to move on. Doesn't mean he wasn't exactly what this franchise needed at the time he got here. And I, I who knows if we're, we're not where we are right now without Monty Williams. So I want to acknowledge that, and I love hearing Booker talk about it. All right, last one from Suns, but this isn't going to be quick, I admit to you. I, I just thought this was so interesting. I, I hope I do a good job of this on Doug Franz Unplugged. And that is making sure that when I rip athletes, I'm ripping them for the job they're doing as a talk show host with the agreement you and I have that I couldn't do what they do. Okay? But rarely do I get personal because it's it's just rude you know and it's it's unprofessional I admit some guys deserve it because of of their attitude or their lack of desire they're, they're just all they want to do is cash a check and I can't stand that so I lose my mind and I use and sometimes that gets personal Grayson Allen was asked about just the life of an NBA player and and what it's like right now for him and remember, they got he got traded, and training camp literally started three days later. So imagine you starting a new job 2,000 miles away, and your job starts Tuesday. Are you ready? I mean, are you, really, are you ready? By the way, your family's not coming with you, okay? Can you get everything you need to accomplish when you don't even know where you live? That's what I mean. But it's easy for us to look at that and say, yes, that sounds tough. But I would do it for $9 million a year, you know, and I would too. I would too. But the money doesn't change the difficulty. It's just something we would all do for the money. But it's still hard. And I like this back and forth about life as an NBA player when you get traded this late. Yeah, this, this is my third time getting traded, but this one has been the closest to the season. Like, there has been no adjustment period for me, so... From that aspect, it's still a little bit of a whirlwind. Like, it still feels weird that I'm in Phoenix right now. Um, I'm not really settled in, like, don't have a place yet. So, don't have my stuff. I'm living out of a suitcase. So, I'm trying to figure all that all that stuff out while uh, coming in here and figuring out the basketball stuff. So, basketball stuff's been a lot easier than living. What's that like when you have, you know, a wife and you're still adjusting to life? out of a suitcase and you know, still the season is very long, just the start of it. I mean, what is that like being married man trying to adjust and having a wife across the country dealing with that? Um, yeah, it makes it tough. Um, like I think for most NBA players, I think like your home environment becomes really important to you because everything, like at least for me, like it's been very unstable outside of, like basketball like you're always on the road like i've changed cities four times now i've changed places that i'm living five or six times now so like the one stable thing is the people that you have around you um and so it makes it a lot easier like for me as a married guy to come home and have that consistency that support group that's always there no matter if i just had the worst day in the gym possible or if i killed it today um so that makes it a lot easier so when they get here, when they get settled in, um, that'll make it a lot easier. But until then, I'm missing them right now. It's a little tough. Yeah, I've asked that question because of the viral 
uh, letter that Drew Holiday's wife actually sent out. And she, yeah. He was a teammate of yours, obviously, for the past two years. So Yeah, I mean, it makes it really tough on families. Um, I know it's, it's part of our job. Like, we get paid a lot of money, and we get to go to great cities and play basketball. It's awesome. Uh, but the people in our family, they just have to pick up and come with us, and that's extremely tough for them. Like when we come to Phoenix, when we come to a new city, we automatically have people from day one that are friends. Like all my teammates become people I hang out with, I see. But for your family, for your wife, whoever it is, for your kids that are going to different schools, like they don't have that from day one. So it's tougher for them to integrate in, find new friends, find stuff that they do, schools for kids, all that is extremely tough. So. Um, I don't have any kids yet, so I imagine that makes it even tougher. So I definitely feel for Lauren and Drew on that. I love your opinion on that. Doug at DougFranzUnplugged.com. Tweet me at UnpluggedDoug. Post something, Instagram, at DougFranzUnplugged. And the reason why is, okay, Pat Bev, my number one most hated guy in the NBA. Grayson Allen has been my number two for a long time. And it, it is weird in the times I've been around him now of just how calm he is, how normal of a duty is. And I'm sitting there looking at him saying, I don't want to like you. <laughs> it is, I mean, it's weird because now I'm the jerk. It's you know, like you want to feel like Jason. Oh, that guy's a jerk. You know, that's what you immediately, at least that's what I immediately think. And then when I'm around him and he's a nice guy. He's doing a great job explaining his feelings on other things. It makes me feel like, well, I'm the jerk then. I'm just waiting for him to be the jerk. Doesn't that make me the jerk? And that one was real. And admitting, yes, we get paid a lot. And, you know, it's, it's something we've got to suck up. But it doesn't make it easy. Even though I don't like getting texted at 7 o'clock in the morning when I'm on air, I... I could never live far away from my wife. That would just, I, we're, we're very interdependent. We're very much in love. I, my, my wife is everything to me. I can't imagine being without her. And then, you know, intern McKenna is simply 30 minutes, 40 minutes away on campus. That drives me crazy. Okay. That's, I don't, I don't mind admitting this. I know it's weird, but a 19 year old girl is my best friend. All right. Uh, McKenna is amazing. And then Vienna, we always, I always joke with the girls that McKenna is my best friend and Vienna is my favorite, but the oldest is just exactly the way a human being should be. No pressure, no demands, just goes through life happy. And that's like, wow, I need to be more like that. I I've, I've gotten so lucky as a husband and a father that the idea of separation from that, that would just kill me. I, I can't, I, I, I would really, really struggle. Especially if I, if I did it for the money. Like if I, if I got a job offer from a radio station right now and they say, Doug, we want to drop two bills on you. Boom. You know, I mean, I'm gone because I think that's what's best for the family. And then I would last six months, I think, and say, you know what? I don't care how much you pay me. I, I, can't, I can't take this. I absolutely can't take this. And then there's Grayson Allen saying, you know, yeah, we get paid a lot, but it's tough. Now, if I got paid like an NBA player, okay. Skype, Zoom, girls get on the computer, say hi to daddy. No, and then I'm out. Unless it's close to the in-laws. Then, then, then I got to have a lot of money. All right, coming up next, hardcore football. 
Lots of football the rest of the way. Your official beginning of the tailgate show. Cardinals, Bengals, ASU, Cal, and the Wildcats on the road at USC. Let's talk ball. It's Doug Franz Unplugged. We're presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass and the incredible Whirlwind Plus plan that you can jump on right now. Unplugged at whirlwind.com. This is WTSMTV.com. It's big, it's juicy, it's meaty. Get your burrito at Burrito Express. If you're having a hangover, a bad day, even a good day, still get your burrito at Burrito Express. It will make you feel better. Burrito Express started with my father about... 25 years ago, he got laid off and decided that he needed to do something to provide for his family. My brother and I were older teens, 17, 18 year old, and I'm going to do a trial out of my house. So literally, we decided we're going to start out of his house. So we delivered uh, menus in a square mile area, literally started delivering burritos out of our home in Mesa, Arizona. And after about a month, he said, let's do this. Went and found his first location. And believe it or not, that's how it started. We started with one location back in 1995. Now we're where we are now. Washington Commanders might have the best defensive line in football. They've given up 30 points in four straight games. It's crazy the amount of open receivers. Ugh. Point blank Cardinals fans, how did you lose to that team? <laughs> Oh my gosh! Oh, that's that's gonna hurt when the, when the season's over and you see how bad Washington ends up and you think they beat us. Uh, let's do hardcore football. Here we go. Uh, start things off. Uh, let's go through the week with ASU and build up to tomorrow's game against Colorado. Let's start things off with uh, the Monday presser. Kenny Dillingham taking a look at the tape of the Cal game, what he liked and what he didn't like. Yeah, I think it was. Uh... You know, disappointing because I think our guys know we were so close to victory. And uh, what I showed the guys today was when you win most of the statistical categories, but the most important things in football are owning the football and then winning situational football. And you look at third downs, you look at red zone scoring, uh, and you look at the turnovers, and that's the game. The other 85, 90% of the game, we won. But we didn't win the areas that mattered. And that's really what I told them was winning football looks a certain way. And in those moments, in the third downs and the fourth downs and the low red is when we made our biggest mistakes and they played their best. So that's what we got to do if we want to win football games. The reason why um, I I like that sound uh, a lot I call it sound. It's actually when you have video attached to it. If you care, it's called actualities. But I still, I still like it to to call it sound. Is he talked about third down conversions? Okay, third down conversions against Cal. Cal went seven for eighteen. Really good. Not great, but really good. ASU went two for fifteen. Now, early in the year, there was some pretty poor play calling. But at the same time, I don't want to go nuts on play calling necessarily because what ASU was trying to do is you're trying to call plays with inferior talent. 
what what do you want them to do on third down when you have Ray Anderson and Herm Edwards as your um, athletic director and head coach? Okay. Remember, the president wanted this new model. Ray Anderson said, we're going to do this new model. And this new model is going to revolutionize football and it destroyed a football team. Now, some of you, and I can understand this, some of you would be thinking, Doug, when does that excuse go away? You've said that all year about ASU. When is it no longer Ray Anderson's fault? But think about that question. You can't suddenly make a trade. You can't go get other players yet you still the only way you build a successful program is with high school recruits that develop in your program yes there's a transfer portal which is huge nowadays and vitally important yes there's a lot of other things but you want people in your strength and conditioning program you want them learning your defense from day one so by the time they're in year three they've got it And the O-line has been decimated by injuries and it wasn't recruited well anyway. So if you're already against the eight ball talent wise, behind the the eight ball talent wise, you don't suddenly fix your talent because, well, it's October. No more excuses about Ray Anderson and Herm Edwards. Why? Did the players change? No. Yes, you got to coach them up. But it takes years to build a program. And they are so weak on short yardage. And when do you normally get short yardage plays? Third down. The whole point, you've heard the phrase, stay ahead of the chains. The whole point is, first down, give me three or four yards. Second down, give me three or four yards. Now I got third and two, third and three. I got to convert. And they're not converting. And that has everything to do with why they're not winning. 430 yards total offense. They Yards per pass. The Sun Devils had eight yards of pass. Cal had four. See what I mean? I mean, they destroyed Cal in a lot of areas. But what did they do? Turned the ball over twice. Cal didn't turn it over. And then couldn't convert third downs. All right. Another one from uh, Coach Kenny. Even though this is old, I mean, I realize it's a week old. They played Cal last Saturday. But it was so such a strange answer of... He was critical of his what he called emotional play calling the weekend before. So he was asked, how did he do as a play caller against Cal? He had the weirdest answer I've ever heard anybody describe their play calling with. A defense like that's kind of a boring game to call, to be honest, because they're going to do what they do. They're going to mix up their calls uh, and they're going to they're going to keep counter punching. So it's really not as much about the call. Uh, because they're so sound you know you're not gonna get them per se you know some games it's like oh we got them we're field blitzing here we're gonna check four verticals angle and send a five-man slide and the defensive end is gonna have the angle out weak oh got them right you're not gonna really get them so you can't have the get them plays right the only one we tried to get them on was uh the throwback to trenton which was super close the defensive end who's the edge player sprints uh, and recognizes it, and uh, great play by that kid. If he doesn't recognize it, we have Trenton running down the field by himself trying to create that explosive. But So that game's kind of a boring game to call from that perspective. Uh, obviously, we got to be better in the red zone, and i got to do a better job you know, designing plays in the red zone uh, so we can still run the ball or get our best guys open. I, I love his brutal honesty. 
when he went hardcore football there, when he said, we're not going to get him, and then he goes, four verts, okay. What he was talking about is you watch enough film and you say, this is where their defense does this. This is what they're underprepared for. This is where they over-pursue and we can do this. So he's talking about four verts, which means four wide receivers, and they basically all run go routes. And then an angle route, we can get the defensive end in an angle route. Maybe they drop back in coverage and they use their linemen on rare situations that you see on film that they will have to cover the running back. And an angle route is, okay, now you've got to drop a defensive lineman into coverage so the receiver runs towards the sideline, making it look like you're in a race to the sideline to catch a pass over your shoulder, over your outside shoulder. And boom, plant that outside foot, cut it back inside, almost like it's the top of a, lay, of a triangle that's laid down. Imagine an equilateral triangle and then turn the top and point it at your head coach. So it's pointed at the side. So that's the angle route. You're running up like you're running a route to the uh, sideline and then you cut it back to the middle. Now remember when I said four verts? All of the wide receivers have blown the top off. So all of the defensive backs are running down the field deep in order to cover the receivers and now the running back hits an angle route and gets right into the soft middle where nobody's at because the defensive end couldn't keep up. You see that on film that they defend certain plays this way. You say, now we're going to get them. We're going to set this play up later in the game. Boom, huge gain. And he's saying with Cal's defense, you're not going to get them. They're, they're, they're too sound. They play too too well at just simple fundamental football that we can't fool you to the point of making this successful. I, I love that. And then it becomes, okay, then what's the issue? If you're not going to be able to fool them with play calling, then it becomes you out executing them with the basics. And the only way you can do that is with what, Kenny Dillingham? Effort. Yeah, I mean, that's something we got to get better at. I mean, we got to be more physical. We have to give more effort. Uh, I think right now as a football team, our defense gives more effort than our offense, uh, in my opinion. Just watching it, maybe that's me being, you know, my mind is an offensive guy, so I'm always going to grade that probably a little harder. Uh, but I'm always... Oh, no, 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 no. I just wanted your attention. <laughs> I was asking, are we done with breaks? Yes. Okay. Sorry that I cut you off, Kenny. <laughs> um do you want me to restart it? No, no, no. It's all right. What, what I liked is he was just so blunt. About, for those of you who don't know what happened, I, had, I was asking Jeff Weir a question, and he didn't hear me, so I started waving. And then usually I start waving when I said, no, I don't want that cut. And then he stops it. And then, no, no, no I was like, I was just getting your attention because I was talking. Um, the, uh, but what I liked about that quote is he just calls it out. It's effort sometimes. Third and short, I might have the right play call up, and you didn't give enough effort. It's your fault, but he always blames himself. He always blames himself. But when it's effort, and it's not just simply a strength issue, a lack of talent issue, now you've got an even bigger problem. And, that, and he doesn't mind calling it out. And that's why I know this year is going to be such a struggle. But I know we've got the right guy. Um, okay, let's go to U of A. They take on USC. This could be a program-defining moment. I, I think USC is going to beat them up pretty good. 
Uh, I don't think they've got the corners, and I don't think a backup quarterback is going to be able to handle the pressure of a, that trying to keep up with a Heisman Trophy winner. But the latest we don't know yet. I'll get into the latest on Jaden Delora in a second. This is Jed one in which he's just talking about the game and what they learned from UW and how it applies to USC. Got done watching the game numerous times this past week on uh, yesterday and um, this morning really focused uh, fully on SC. Uh, but uh, rewatched the game, and um, a lot of great things in the game. A lot of things that our football team uh, looked really good. And then in a lot of ways, I also felt like we, we gave way too many opportunities to a good team. Uh, we were in position there, recovering a fumble. Um, thought we recovered it. That would have been a one less touchdown. Had a chance to throw a touchdown pass at the end of the half. Missed on that. That was a four-point swing. Um, had a play early in the game that looked like should have been a touchdown. We missed the throw. Uh, had a fourth and three. I made a bad call on. So there were some opportunities in that game that uh, really, as you watch it, it's uh, hard to watch sometimes. Um, so I'm really excited about where we're heading, where the program's going, what the team looks like. And um, we know that we got a great challenge ahead of us this week where all of our focus will be. I know that Washington's a very good football team, and they'll continue to be top 10 program, top 10 team, and um, that's what we will aspire to be as well. Out of everything he said there, what I loved is just he went through the issues of, of other people, what they did wrong, and then said, then on fourth and three, I made a bad call. You can't coach if you're not willing to lead, and lead means admitting your own mistakes. Uh, Bruce Arians was great in the beginning with the Arizona Cardinals, but he was afraid to admit his own mistakes. And he was wanting to call out the players with an iron fist, but then wouldn't call out his own coaches and defended bad coaches. Every day he defended his special teams coach showed that Bruce Arians was unfit to be a head coach at that moment. He wasn't, he's willing to cut a player, but he's not willing to cut, a head, cut an assistant coach. And that's why he lost credibility, in my opinion. Well... Jed Fish, I'm going to keep singing that dude's praises. He, he's impressive. Now, here's where you should be worried if you're a U of A fan. Jaden Delora did not play against Washington. Is he going to play against uh, USC? Well, the problem is he said this exact same thing leading into the Washington game because Delora got hurt against Stanford. And now he repeats himself when asked about the chances of Delora playing against USC. Plan will be uh, similar, I think. That um, as as we talked on Saturday night, that we'll evaluate Jaden um, from yesterday's rehab. This morning he was in treatment. I think I saw him at like 7:20 this morning in the building getting treatment done. Um, so he was in treatment all morning. Then he'll rest this afternoon, player day off, and then tomorrow we'll reassess him in the morning to see if he has any ability to practice uh, if he is capable of being able to drop and some of the things or we'll just use tomorrow as another rehab day um, and then uh, we'll know we'll take all the reps with Braden Dorman in that case so we'll know better tomorrow and then uh, as for Noah how do I feel Noah played I welcome Michael um, how do I think that uh, Noah played I think he played at a uh, a good level and a um, for a 
guy that was thrown into a game that was in front of a sellout crowd against a top 10 team to I think he missed maybe eight passes I think something like that or he was 29 for 37 or 27 for 39 whatever it was I think he completed at a very high percentage of passes and did a nice job moving the ball and threw three touchdown passes uh sure he'd like the interception back but uh, I thought he played at a really high level you look around college football I know Notre Dame uh, Duke lost their quarterback um I know that uh Kansas lost their quarterback you know and uh it's very tough to win uh in those circumstances but uh Noah gave us a chance to do that and uh I'm excited about if Noah is playing this coming week that uh he'll give us a great chance to win I want to be blunt. I always want to be really honest with you. I don't have any U of A sources right now. Uh, COVID hits. Jed Fish takes over. I get fired, so I'm not important. I can't drop, you know, I can't call over. Hey, I'm Doug from Doug and Wolf and have people be quick to help me out, give me information. And uh, my one friend that's friends with a coach on the staff hasn't given me a phone number yet. And I keep beating him up for it and trying to steal his phone. <laughs> Just it's just there's there's the life story i gotta be blown when i tell you i have sources guess what i got them. okay if i report something even if it ends up being well kind of wrong you know what i'm talking about there's a lot more truth to it than you might realize i gotta tell you the truth about u of a i don't have anybody so i can't tell you about the latest on delora i've read he did go through seven on seven but I'm just listening to Jed Fish and saying, okay, that's exactly what you said going into the uh, the UW game and he didn't play. Now you're saying the same thing going into USC. So it probably doesn't look good, but at least you've got some seven on seven. And that's why I don't like U of A in this game because I don't see it. Now, it's not a terrible crowd. It's not that hard playing against USC from a crowd standpoint, but from a talent standpoint, it is. And then to take that talent on the road, that does make it a little tough. I don't think I would still be starting Fafita. I mean, how else is he going to learn? But I don't think he's ready to be able to pull off the upset. Uh, hopefully I'm wrong. Good luck to you, those of you that are U of A fans. Cardinals uh, Bengals, that's coming up on Sunday. If you could give me some JG Jeff Weir production. Uh, I, this is something that's kind of important, but I'll care more about an answer like this in December. But Jed Fish in preparation for this game and after another loss in which they weren't able to get it done last weekend, he was asked about what does it look like uh, that you're seeing from your team. What do you like so far about 2023? But I like the process that we're operating with. And um, I like their attitude, um, but we know what we need to do to win win this next week, you know, and that's got to show up in practice and in the game because they're itching right now. You're one and three, you know what I mean? So, but uh, that's in the past. You learn from it and you attack this week like it's, you know, any other week. According to Jeff Weir production, I said, give me some Cardinals, Jed Fish. I'm not questioning Jeff Weir production because I have no idea. No, when you were introducing the video. Yeah, yeah. Like, I know I said Cardinals, but I don't even remember whether I said Jed Fish. I know my brain said JG. So, hey, that's all that matters. Doesn't matter if I screw up. Uh, But no, you played exactly the right one. So, thank you. I do think that that's uh, important. But I, I care more. Can they hold together the attitude when they're two and nine, when they're two and 12? 
that's when I'll be really impressed with Jonathan Gannon. But that was not a winnable game talent level-wise against San Francisco. But I would have said the same thing about Dallas, and you were able to beat Dallas. So, I mean, that was still crazy that they did that. All right, go to Dobbs if you could. I'm gonna. I'm, this is going to be weird. I'm going to want Dobbs 1, Petzing 2, because it's about Dobbs. I, f- I figured you'd really like this if you're a hardcore Cardinals fan. Go deep into what what it really means to set up an offensive game plan. How is your relationship? Do you tell the coaches what you want when you get ready for a game? Yeah, um, I would say a lot of it um, gets, you know, they plan it. And then, you know, obviously the stuff that I like comes to the forefront throughout the week, through the reps and practice, through the walkthroughs, through, you know, the work done after practice, going back and watching film with the perspective looks or the non-perspective looks that we think we're going to get on Sunday. And then there's a ton of communication between myself and Drew throughout the week of, you know, different situations, base down plan, third down, red zone of what I like, what he likes, what we're thinking in different situations. So um, it's a team effort, you know, it's a team effort, obviously, as, you know, the guy kind of on the field orchestrating at all you know have to be comfortable with the play calls coming in um and understand the plan so um but yeah you know he does a great job of getting the insight from players not only myself but other guys on the team of hey like what routes do you like you know um hey like what what how can we you know position you differently to get the ball in your hands and stuff like that so it's a team effort and we'll continue to be creative in the ways that we execute it one of the best ones I saw at it was Carson Palmer. Um, I wasn't close enough. Ken Wisenhunt didn't want me around a lot. <laughs> but the offensive coordinator at the time, Mike Miller and Kurt Warner, they were both friends, so I was able to get close through them. And, th- th- I mean, Kurt is all in on, on preparation. And with Dobbs's intelligence, I'm assuming he's kind of the same way. But it's really interesting to hear him say the way they go through it collaboratively and – that's important that if you're developing that that offensive chemistry with Drew Petzing now, that'll only pay off to later. Now, that brings up the question, is it all for not? Because where's Kyler? Well, maybe. If the relationship is growing between Petzing and his quarterback and Joshua Dobbs, then hopefully Kyler Murray sees it and is able to say, okay, this is what I'm going for, too. And then once he gets out there, things are um, a little better. Uh, last one before we uh, go to the main event. Will you give me Petzing, too? And the reason why I want that is I like him just admitting what Dobbs's running game does, not only for the whole offense, but how it makes an offensive coordinator look. Yeah, I think the design run certainly is, is a part of his skill set that we've tried to utilize, and I think it's shown up. And then I think the other aspect which you hit on is, is kind of like a coach's best friend. You know, I don't have to be perfect as a play caller. We don't have to be perfect as an offense. And sometimes when it breaks down, he can go make it right and make a big play and really change the dynamic of a drive or a game. And I think you've seen that a couple times, and it certainly helped us as a team. I like him just admitting that, but they do a good job on the design runs. That should excite you as a Cardinals fan. I think Kyler Murray was being a um, being kind of. I don't. Malcontent might be a little too strong, but a prima donna didn't want to run as much anymore, and Cliff then was just a disaster at discipline. I don't think the Cardinals are going to stand for it now with Drew Petzing and and head coach Jonathan Gannon. So I think these design runs that we're seeing from Dobbs. 
imagine Kyler doing it. That'll be totally different. Uh, coming up from 8 to 10 is the main event. Steve McCollum, Dale Hellestray, Arizona Cardinals taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, technically, Steve, according to Vegas, it is an upset if the Cardinals win. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's an upset? No, not at all. It's not, it's not even going to be an upset. The only reason Vegas still has Bengals favored is because, obviously, if you look at the – if you don't follow the Cardinals, you haven't been following them all season, uh, and quite frankly, or the Bengals, you just assume the Bengals are going to win the game with mm-hmm. their talent. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of people don't know this. I know you do. But uh, the, the original line that comes out is kind of based on what does Phoenix – or what does Vegas really think? Yes. But then what the national public will do is they'll look at it and say, wait, you, you think Joe Burrow is going to lose to Joshua Dobbs? The Cardinals are terrible. The Bengals were just in the Super Bowl. And not a lot of them realize how bad the Bengals have struggled this yeah. year. I don't, I don't, I don't want to say I don't respect, but Tennessee well, doesn't impress me. Well, it moved and from, they beat the snot out of the Bengals. Well, exactly, right? And they, moved, they were seven-point favorites to open up the week. So that's how far the line – well, the look-ahead line last week was seven. Moved down to three – roughly three now. I don't know what it's yeah, at Yeah, that's today. strong. That's uh, a strong but, drop. But, I mean, look, then you got T. Higgins out. Jamar Chase is out F-bombing that he's always open, you know, after the game. <laughs> Joe Burrow's a statue back there. Cardinals' defense has been getting to quarterbacks. He's unable to run. Uh, Cardinals play like they have all season long, and they're going to be in this game and. and should be able to win it at the end absolutely yeah that's a very fair assessment and that's that's a such a shock when you look at it from the prism of of july well i mean you know? earlier in the season i was like man i'm going to this Bengals game you know i'm looking forward to it. i'm gonna see joe burrow cardinals are gonna lose by 30 but i'll see joe burrow i'll see jamar chase i'll see t higgins Woo! and now i'm like ah, do i even want to go well, you might even see a Cardinals win, though. So. Yeah, no, that's a, I know, but just in terms of the mindset change on it, you know, is uh, all excited to see the Bengals and expecting a blowout. Now it's like, wow, we might actually see a good ball game. So, if you had to pick one, ASU or U of A winning this weekend? Not that you're predicting it. Mm. If you had to pick it, who would you take? Man. ASU can beat Colorado. The injuries are the big question mark. Mm. Arizona has no chance. <laughs> Even if Delora plays. Uh, oh, that, that's why they have no chance. <laughs> that's horrible. The backup quarterback gives them a chance. Ugh. That's the problem. I, uh, I, Delora hasn't been nearly as good as I expected. He, he's an interception machine. Yeah. But the, okay, so he's an interception machine, fine. But he's an interception machine at the worst possible times. Yeah. Which costs them points, whether it be red zone or pick sixes. Yeah. Uh, or when they're about to score. Uh, they, if they just don't turn it over, they can kick a field goal and a worse, and he'll turn it over there. Uh, that's been the problem with him. He's got a ton of talent. He's super good, no doubt about it. I'm not arguing that. Uh, but he has been a disappointment. Are you good at fantasy football? Uh, well, you know, I'm 0-2 in my league. I'm, or 0-4 in my league I'm in. What? How did that happen? No, I think I'm 1-3. Granted, I'm oh, the one oh, that lost to my own oh, wife when I have Christian yeah. McCaffrey. I'll week. tell you why. The first week, uh, week two, I was playing the Dolphins defense against when they were playing, when they had scored 70 against the oh, uh, Bengals. Oh. Week one, I had the uh, Cowboys, I was playing against the, Cowboy, or the Cowboys defense when, you know, field goal blocked yeah, and then yeah, they just yeah. dominated on defense. Uh, last week, I, somebody got 52 points against me. Like, you have no, it's whatever. <laughs> I'm playing everybody that's doing good. It's well, funny. that was were those noises from Dale in the back? Is that what I just heard? <laughs> no, that was me clapping. Oh, it was okay. okay. Uh, I was going to say it sounded like a new segment: noises with Dale yeah. or something like that. I was. Uh, Dale I was, did look at me though when I was uh, when I was talking about that, but he doesn't know what fantasy football is. He's one of those guys that says, "I played the real thing." 
You know what? Wolf used to say the same thing. And I'm like, what are you talking now, Grant, I'm not I'm not really great at fantasy. I don't I don't love it. I'm playing just because my daughter's in a, yeah. in an analytics club and I thought this would be good for her to start messing around with it. But I'm I'm not very big. Now yeah, I, here's what I would like to see. I would like to see an O line stat. I would no, like to see you lose points if they give up sacks, even though we all know it's not always mm-hmm. the offensive line's fault. Or if you get a one hundred yard rush you get points for the O-line. I want to see more hardcore stats get mixed in. Now, you're just complicating stuff. Well, see what I mean? We want the, Now, that makes Dale right. That's why we need more <laughs> real football stats in there. No, I would enjoy that too, man. Get down into individual. I used to play in a league that did individual defensive stats. You'd have like, oh, wow. you know, you'd have four or five defensive guys. And it just got so complicated, you know. Oh, the cornerback got beat on this play. And you're just like, whatever, dude. It's because you oh. have to pay so much attention to the game. It's like, I just want to watch the game. And no, so what it. I do, I'm only in one league this year. I parted down from like four or five every other year. Uh, just some of my friends from the old, uh, the old job place. Uh, that I was at. I'm just in that league with them. But um, no, no, I set my lineup and I don't look at it again. Yeah. I, I'm not one of those guys that's like, oh my God, I need 20. I'll, I'll pull it up. I'll, I'll forget about it and I'll pull it up like Tuesday and be like, oh, how'd I do? I wouldn't enjoy, I don't think I have, it's, it's so weird the way the human brain works, at least for me. Like I can <laughs> give you the lineup of the 76 Reds, but I don't know when trash day is. Yeah. And, and I, I would never remember my four fantasy football teams. Well, no, that I would be the, so thrilled about yeah. one guy being on my team, and that's the same guy that beat that's, me in team in League Three. That's the best part is you're like, oh yes, I got him, and then you look it up, and that's the league where you're losing every game that year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're like, oh, that didn't help me. You got all excited for nothing. <laughs> I would not be uh, entertained yeah, by but that. But no, I, I don't get into it. I set my lineups like last night. I glanced at it to make sure I didn't have anybody playing last night, which uh, which I don't have any Bears anyway. But that would have been a mistake oh. with the Bears, right? Oh. And then uh, other than that. I'll look at it Sunday morning when the injuries come out, make sure I got nobody injured. Like T Higgins is obviously out. I got to move him out. Uh, other than that, I set my lineup and then whatever happens. Yeah. I'm not one of those guys that's like halfway through the game going, oh my God, I need. I'm not that guy. Are you uh, going to both ASU Colorado and, and Bengals? That's the plan Cardinals? as of now. Look, I'm excited. 3.30 kickoff for the Sun Devils. Uh, the only thing about that is if I'm out till midnight on Saturday, I mean, I'm having fun. Whereas normally I'm sitting there bored at an ASU game. Yeah, and it's not it's not late, so you're good. So you can leave uh, uh, anytime you want. All right, what's coming up on the main event? Uh, we got Tyler Reddick, uh, of course, NASCAR driver, 45 for the uh, 2011 team owned by Michael Jordan, joining me at 8 o'clock. That's big time. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, That's and cool. then, uh, you know, so he's coming up. A big race for him. He's underneath the cut line going into the race this weekend. So we get to spend a few minutes with him uh, to start off the show. And then, of course, Dick, got Dick Buttkiss died yeah, yesterday. So that yeah. 10, 10 times fast. Uh, we'll uh, we'll talk about him because he's one of my favorite. I love defensive players. He's one of my favorite guys ever. Uh, and then, you know, we'll delve into that Bears-Commanders game, man. Just break down that Commanders offense. Who's the first coach fired? I think Eberflis saved himself uh, a few more weeks last night by winning. Uh, but you got a lot of candidates of coaches to be fired, including uh, your boy over at Wa- uh, Washington there. I, I'm going to say Ron Rivera is not the first one fired. Mm, and the close. reason why is because I totally believe with a new owner – they're just going to wait to the end of the season. I'm not arguing at all if he gets fired. 100. Yeah. percent He's not the head coach of the 2024 but you, but Washington Commanders. But if you're the new owner, right, and you want to make a splash, you you get rid of uh, you get rid of him and you bring up uh, Bianami. That's interesting. Good call. Well, speaking of the Bears. I went one and one on versus Vegas yesterday. I went props 
Rarely do I go with the props, but I liked two of the props, and I went one for uh, one for two on the props. I thought Justin Fields would not complete 17 passes, but it was kind of a negative. I thought he's not good enough to complete that many passes. The truth is, he already had four touchdown passes, and they ran the football. He didn't need to complete anymore. So I kind of got that one right out of sheer luck. I backed into that one. So he completed 15 passes. The uh, total over under was set at 16 and a half. So I got that one correct. However, the uh, over under on interceptions was a half, which is basically a yes or no question. Will he or will he not throw an interception? And even though Washington's back end has stunk, I thought they would get a little pressure on Justin Fields and he would have a pressure-induced interception. Nope. Four touchdown passes, no picks. So I got that one wrong. So I went one and one. So now the overall record is 1,000. That was my 1,000th win, if you're wondering, since we started versus Vegas. 1,914-5 is now the uh, overall record in versus Vegas. This weekend, lately I've been doing like seven, eight, nine games in uh, for the weekend. I got to tell you, I didn't, I didn't like the games as as much or uh, or the lines. Like I looked at a lot of the baseball totals, and I thought the totals were right on of kind of what I expect. So I didn't see any value or advantage there, baseball wise. So I don't have any baseball picks. Um, I got one college and I got two pro. My college, my beloved Bobcats, are at home against Kent. Kent State is a disaster. Um, they they had a good head coach for a while, and then he left to take the Colorado offensive coordinator job with Deion Sanders. So I'm like, I'm not. Kent's terrible. They're playing Ohio. Now, my Bobcats are favored by a bunch. I don't like that high of a total. But I think you can score at will against Kent. And every now and then, my beloved Bobcats defense just does something dumb. So with the total of 45 and a half, I love the over on that. I totally believe that conservatively, the Bobcats will be in the 30s and they're not going to shut out Kent. And I might be wrong on the Bobcats get the total on their own. So I like Ohio versus Kent over the 45 and a half. NFL wise, the Chiefs play the Vikings and I think the Vikings are are just not good at all. And I think they're starting to chirp at each other a little bit. And the Chiefs have really struggled to put it all together in a Chiefs way. They're still one of the best teams in the league, but they're not the Chiefs right now. This seems like the kind of game where they become the Chiefs. It's a three-and-a-half point spread. That's always a little tough. You'd rather it just be two-and-a-half, and that extra point beyond a field goal is so often the difference. But I like the Chiefs by four, specifically by seven or ten. So I'm going to take Kansas City minus the three-and-a-half and live scared to death of a backdoor cover by the Vikings. And then the other one, the other one's easy to me. I think the 49ers are so much better than the Cowboys, and it's in San Francisco. Sunday night football is a huge game with the undefeated 4-0 Niners and the 3-1 Cowboys. But we all saw the Cowboys here. Dak Prescott's good. He's good. And I think he gets too much crap from people that don't like him. But I think he gets too much credit from people that love him. Nobody can just be, yeah, he's good, and just be happy with that. 
Should you always be looking to replace him? Absolutely. Of course you should. You should always try to improve every position. But it's not the most glaring weakness on the Cowboys. But it's not the strength that a lot of Cowboy fans try to make it out to be. So I I really like San Francisco up against Dallas. I'm a little worried about the Dallas defense, but I think when you see the track record of how well Coach Shanahan coaches against Dallas, the offensive schemes, and the way that you're getting production from different receivers all over the place, and obviously Christian McCaffrey, I feel really good about that one. I'm not saying I love it, which is the tag where I'm betting, you know, intern McKenna's college money, but I, I like San Francisco minus a three and a half. That does it for today's version of Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. The big shout out to Jeff Weir Production. Had a ton of sound to organize this week and uh, and got it all done. I appreciate you, Jeff. Cheers on a beer Friday. Thank you to uh, the world, everybody at Whirlwind Golf. If you haven't done it yet, get to Unplugged at Whirlwind.com. Do it today, okay? On a Friday, get it set up. Unplugged at Whirlwind.com. Become a Plus member. The savings you will get is crazy. Look at Jeff Weir Production on fire right now. You click on sign up today, and it immediately takes you to a page to get signed up. But if you want to know what you get, you can stay on the Unplugged at Whirlwind.com page and see everything spelled out in a pamphlet. It's so worth it. $34 a month if you think you only want to do it for like six months. But it's even cheaper if you do it for the year. $2.99 for the year. Unplugged at Whirlwind.com. You get the cheapest rate that day for any tea time. And then you save 15% on your beer at the restaurant at Civic and 15% savings in the uh, in the uh, pro shop. I think it's worth it. If you're not doing anything this weekend, get out to Bell's Nashville Kitchen. They're in Scottsdale, Old Town Scottsdale, just a hair east of Scottsdale Road. It's on Main Street. Best sandwich in the in the entire state. The Bell's Nashville Hot Chicken Sandwich. Best breakfast burrito in the world is at Burrito Express. Seven locations across the east side. Angel, let's go and let's get to the west side. Also, last weekend of 100 degrees. Therefore, you can still can have some air conditioning issues. 602 to repair. That's 602, the number two, then R-E-P-A-I-R for Parker and Sons. Heating, cooling, plumbing, and electrical. And if you want a place on the east side to watch the games, the official sports bar of Doug Franz Unplugged is Rosati's, but only the one in Chandler at Ray and McQueen. Coming up on Monday. The first time I've ever had him on, Doug Franz Unplugged. But probably the 150th time I've interviewed him. I'm not going to tell you who it is. But oh my gosh, is there any way we can keep this man's career going? Can't wait to have him on Monday and talk hardcore playoffs. We've got a lot to talk about, plus ASU, U of A, plus the Arizona Cardinals and their game against the Bengals and how Joe Burrow looked. That's all coming up on Monday. Up next, this is cool, NASCAR with the host of the pit stop, Steve McCollum on his show, the main event with Dale Hellestray, and then Izzy takes over at 10 o'clock. Have a great weekend. I'll see you Monday.